Drinks, food, art, fun. This is Hops and Spirits, Kentucky. I hope where you are, you're getting some cooler temps because I am enjoying that so far this week. I hope they stick around, but I know that probably won't happen because it never does with Kentucky weather. You get like the seasons like 10 times over uh, all throughout. And while on our sister podcast, Bar Conversations, we jumped into Whiskey Weeks this week. We're going to wait just a little bit as we head into the hoppy world still with uh, Princeton Hearst and Atrium Brewing out of Louisville. But before that, what's pouring around Kentucky? Some news and notes. First up, a family-owned Mexican restaurant is expanding in Lexington. El Charo Authentic Mexican Cuisine, which already has two locations, is opening a third streamlined edition near the University of Kentucky campus just off South Broadway. The new El Charo Tacos and Tequila Bar at 561 South Broadway is set to open up in September. It will be where Maiden City Brewing's Bernacos was previously. The Taco and Tequila Bar will be a fast, casual concept, and customers will order at the counter, and then food and drinks will be brought to their tables. Bourbon and Beyond's culinary lineup is finally out. The festival takes place September 14th through 17th at the Highland Festival grounds at the Kentucky Exposition Center in Louisville. It will include multi-sensory opportunities showcasing America's best chefs and Louisville's bourbon culture for the world's largest bourbon and music festival. Leading the culinary demonstrations on the monogram culinary stage are host chef Chris Santos of Chopped and chef Edward Lee, the mind of a chef. They will be joined by renowned chef personalities, including Louisville's own Food Network star, Darnell Ferguson, and Paducah, Kentucky native and top chef contestant, Sarah Bradley, among others. The hosts of the bourbon experience on the Kentucky Venues bourbon stage include bourbon expert Chris Blanford and chef Amanda Freetag of Top Chef and Chopped. They will be joined by special guests, including the world's leading bourbon authority, Fred Minnick, among others. Tickets are still available to the festival. However, those looking to go to the Kentucky Bourbon Festival in Bardstown next month will need to mark their calendars for the 2024 event as this year's festival is officially sold out. Head to their website and subscribe to their e-newsletter to stay informed on ticket release dates, festival information, and more. And for those going this year, we'll be there. We can't wait to see you and the more than 50 brands represented, all featuring Kentucky-produced bourbon. It'll be a great time. You know what else will be great? Up next, we head to Louisville to chat with Princeton Hurst of Atrium Brewing. Enjoy. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at HopSpirits.com. Joining us for our Q&A this week, he's the co-owner, president of Atrium Brewing, as we head to the hoppy side of things in Louisville. Let's welcome in Princeton Hurst. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And for those that may not understand why both of us might be chuckling a little bit, this is our third attempt at this because technology is not enjoying this rainy day as, as we record. So um, I think you know what I'm going to ask you next, Princeton. So, 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 But for those that don't know how I kind of do these things, I call this the Cliff Notes version, a little bit about yourself, but not too much, because like I said, we got plenty of, of things to get into. Absolutely. So th- third time's a charm here. Um, uh, I was uh, uh, born in Texas originally, lived in Louisville past 20 years. Um, out of that, I was in the Army for about 10. And then um, once I got out, the remainder has been kind of different ventures that I've started. And uh, all roads have led ultimately to a beer and atrium. Well, I was going to say, it's a cool cool way that you, you've gotten there. And, and we'll talk a little bit about that here in a second. But where does that entrepreneurial spirit come from? Because you, you've clearly done a few different things and a few different ventures, like you said. 
Um, I, I'd say I, I've always, from like a young age, um, I was drawn to creating, um, commerce, selling. Uh, I would buy candy bars and sell them at school. <laughs> you know, it like, I, it's just always been fascinating to me, um, and and really captures my interest in uh, creating things. It's uh, it's fun. It gives 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 you purpose. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And I think it's extra fun too, when, when you can then put, put that in with maybe a love of craft beer and, and kind of go that route with a few of the things you've done, but where does that, that love of craft beer come from and, and how did you get into it? Oh uh, yeah, that's started at the legal drinking age, uh, back when I was 21. Um, I was, uh, young in the army, we work hard, play hard, live that that whole philosophy out and uh we would we would go to bars and and me and one of my really good friends we're, we're just never drawn to doing shots or or drinking you know macro beers it was we we, we found uh belgian beers and uh it wasn't wasn't nearly as as prevalent as it is uh today at that time um and just realized like we we really we really loved it um, and started seeking it out. I, I think actually uh, Delirium Trimmins, that was the, the first one I had. I was like, this this isn't a beer. This is something completely else, you know, and I, it just opened up my my eyes to it. And then from there, it was really just kind of a, a fun game and pursuit uh, to try to find different beers that no one's ever heard of and, and try them. And, and uh, it was an experience. <clears throat> Well, and I'm guessing that's probably what led you then to one of your ventures. And and I've I've talked to the uh, who who runs it nowadays and owns it, uh, uh, Chris Williams. There, Four Pegs is an awesome dude. And but that was y- y'all's originally kind of before that. How did that come about? And how were you originally part of, of Four Pegs back in the day? Uh, it's it's kind of a crazy story. Uh, I was uh, I was actually doing um, house. I was renovating houses, um, flipping houses uh, in, the, in the area. And uh, the broker that was also a real estate agent as well. And the broker that I was with knew that I was looking for, I was interested in starting a, a, a beer bar um, at the time because uh, I was still heavy on this, this seeking out the best beer. And I was like, if I have my own bar, then I could just get everything. It was my, my thought process. Um, not not a bad and, thought process. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, it's easy. Um, but our broker actually, he knew that I, I was on the how we discussed it. And he was like, hey, I've got an opportunity for you. Um, this place hasn't been open that long. And uh, the guy's willing to sell. And signed an NDA, found out what it was. I was like, oh, that's one of the best. Like, they actually have some of the best bottles in the, <laughs> in the city. Um, so a couple months of a lot of paperwork and figuring things out. I, I really didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, yes, let's do it. Let's dive in. And uh, so I purchased four pegs and uh, yeah, that's how that came to be. Well, and then, and then obviously at some point you guys decided to, to kind of switch gears and go from maybe being a craft beer bar to make, making the beer. When did that kind of process happen that you guys decided to, to move on from, from four pegs and, and go, go in a different route? 
Um, another another fun story of how, how we came <laughs> together. So so at the time, um, we were we were buying a lot of beer. Uh, we were the number one founders account in Kentucky. Um, really just trying to push craft beers as, as much as possible and, and really trying to bring in um, some some really good brands that weren't as accessible. Um, Evil Twin, I was really, I was always a fanboy of Evil Twin. Uh, but after so, so much time, I was like, it's fun buying other people's product. I was like, but you really have limited control as far as what you're getting based on what's being offered in the market, what other people create. <laughs> and out of nowhere, I was just like, well, what if I could, what if I could make beer <laughs> and control what goes out in the market? I was like, that's kind of the next step naturally. Uh, easier said than done because I maybe, I personally brewed one time on one of those little kits and it, it, it turned out terribly. So um, I, I about ruined a, an oven doing that because I didn't have a big enough pot. <laughs> <laughs> felt like hops for days. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's terrible. It's like my wife's like, "What are you doing?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I through I had a lot of uh, friends in the industry, reps and uh, beer reps, because uh, we had a really close relationship uh, buying buying beer. And one of those reps, I kind of popped the idea to him. He was a good friend of mine. Um, I was like, "Do you know any guys that like want to brew and start a brewery?" And uh, He's like, actually, I do. You want to go over to his house right now? I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> so uh, that's how I met uh, my business partner now, um, Mark Rubenstein. Um, and we went over to his house. He had some homebrews. Uh, it was a milkshake IPA. He's like, here, try it. And I was like, that is fantastic. I was like, can you do that? Like, but bigger <laughs> he's like i don't know so that that's really where the conversation started um and then spencer our, our head brewer um he was actually working for heidelberg at the time um this is when the initial conversation started and he was like hey guys i heard you want to start a brewery and he was just doing home brewing and uh brought some samples and we had a powwow and we're like it's going to be a while, but we definitely want you part of the team. Um, lo and behold, we didn't know it'd take uh, over two years to uh, get everything in place. And uh, so <clears throat> Spencer, part of the story, he went to uh, Akasha, took a job at Akasha brewing for them um, in the interim. And uh, ultimately, by the time we, we opened, he was like, hey, guys, like, can we can we do this thing now? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was getting a, a little antsy, and it, yeah. <laughs> which is okay because I think what people don't realize too is it's not as simple. There's a lot of laws you got to go through, a lot of different things, and, and and so forth. And what was it like building out that plan for for Atrium? Because you know, it's like you said, it wasn't as as simple or a straight path as one might hope, especially with everything that decided to you know pop up during that time. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, it's. I guess the best way to put it is I learned real quick to expect the unexpected and have to change change plans frequently to make things work for, for the time being. Because it's like you think about it, you fantasize about it, 
you start putting it on paper, it sounds great. And then you, you get into the details and then you, you're like, okay, I'm going to scrap that and start all over. So it's, uh, but when, it, when, it, when you finally get to the, to the end result, it's, it's, and you're like, okay, I think everything works. You know, that's a, that's a really good feeling, but then you have to test it in, in real life. <laughs> then you're like, okay, we, we, we need, we need to maybe move things around or reconfigure. So it's a, it's definitely a moving target. And, and the name, was that an easy thing for y'all to settle on? How did you come up with it? Cause I've heard so many stories from, you know, folks that have worked with brand people and they're like, I hate that name. I hate that name. Okay. We'll, we'll go with that too. They're just sitting around. Someone says the right word and they're like, aha, after, you know, going through a year's worth of, of names, how was it for, for y'all on, on coming up with Atrium? It was extremely challenging. Like, <laughs> and that's an understatement. Um, uh, most people don't know the story behind the name. Um, we had focus groups. We were pretty much, we had a, a deadline <clears throat> to follow our, our LLC. And I didn't, I wanted to know what, what direction we were going to follow the paperwork. Uh, and I was like, we could do a DBA, but we, we can get in it. We have, we have like six months. We can get, we can get a name. Surely we did focus groups. We did, we would have, parties have people over like what with homebrew and we we went so many different avenues and and nothing like nothing stuck um or there was some there, or there's something that was too similar to it or you know copyright infringement you name it um i, I remember we we're like three days away i was like we've got to come up with a name <clears throat> like we absolutely need a name and I was in my living room and I had all these flashcards everywhere still trying to figure out the name. And I was looking at the original design plans that we had down for, for the build out. And again, things, everything changes. Uh, the original plans we had the top, the top floor cut out with, to look like an atrium with like games and plants hanging down to the first floor. And I just remember looking at that. I was like, that's an atrium. I was like, wait, atrium, atrium. That doesn't, I was like, yeah, if we're going to have an atrium, we could be atrium. And then ran it across everybody. They're like, sounds good. Let's go with it. Let's go with it. <laughs> and uh, so the name stuck. The actual atrium build out did not. <laughs> <laughs> Any hopes of, of having that happen some, somewhere down the road? <laughs> the closest thing that I'd say we've gotten to it, which I'm, I'm very happy about um, was our, our newest location, we have a mezzanine um, that has uh, an atrium-esque feel to it. Uh, don't yeah. know if that counts as an atrium-esque as a word, but it's all good. Hey, with it. <laughs> hey, I mean, the beer world, I've seen enough names. You you can call it whatever you, you need to to get there. And, and you know, you, you mentioned, you know, kind of that the the original spot, the the Logan Street spot. How did you guys come upon that? And, and how did that kind of fit into your y'all's vision? Um, similar to the name, um, we were looking, it, it's really hard because, uh, Rubo, my business partner, myself, we never, uh, had any experience on a commercial, uh, brewing, which is completely different. Um, so just understanding the space, we looked at so many different spaces and we're trying to imagine from like conceptually on paper what we needed and also what we needed for for taproom needs um 
This led to two bigger properties that we're looking at, two small, all across the board. And uh, I actually lived right down the street from where we're at right now. And I saw this building, the building that we're in here at Logan Street come up for sale. And I kept on looking at it and looking at like some other similar breweries and setups. And the more I looked at it, I was like, I think this just might work. And I might've been biased because I, I, you know, was living, live in the neighborhood. Um, but after, after just looking at it, it was, it's really, it was operating as a bar, um, kind of a, a dive bar to Yeti's at the time. Uh, and it was really difficult to understand the scope of the building because the way that it was at that time laid out um, and they're still in operation, but after a lot of architects and, and chats and a little bit of money there, uh, we realized we're like, this is a great option. We can, we can absolutely make this work. And for me, it was great because it's in a, a, an area that I personally have a lot of involvement with. Uh, I mean, Four Pegs was right up, right down the street from us here too, as well. So it, it kind of was a win-win for me. Um, not to mention the, I was banking on the building being all brick, um, just from historical photos. And I was like, that'd be great if we could bring back some of that character, you know, to a really old building that's been here uh, in a cornerstone in the, the area for a long time. Well, and since you guys opened in, in 2020 there, you, you've now expanded, like you said, to to where you have the atrium-esque spot of the <laughs> of the Norton Commons. And what led you guys to one expand in, you know, just a, a few years and then go over to, to, to Norton Commons? Um, really, we, uh, we found, first of all, like a lot of people responded. We're, we, we, we can't be grateful enough for the support, um, especially with us opening during COVID, uh, and just the response from the, from Louisville and, you know, any, anybody that came to our tap room, um, we realized that there was kind of a disconnect in, as far as uh, people in other parts further away in Louisville. And that it, it was kind of a drop off where like people were saying, hey, I wish you had a tap room closer, you know, to this area. We're like, oh, I, I get that. They're like, we come by after work, pick up beer, you know, but we can't ever hang around and have an experience. And, I, and looking at the maps and, you know, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, so after a lot of discussions um, and, and kind of pulling out of the COVID era, um, we looked at like what made the most sense for who we are. And a, a big part of us is, you know, being a neighborhood brewery. Um, granted, we sell our beer all over the, the city, but we that's really important. Um, and one thing is walkable neighborhoods. You know, you see people walking their dogs a lot around here. Uh, people, they, they like to walk, like live, uh, live, work, play type, type feel. Um, and Norton Commons really fit the bill for that. Um, just on the other end of, the other end of town. So uh, just kind of, kind of made sense to, for us and uh, and people seemed really really excited uh, about the thought of that that happening, so we decided to pull the trigger. Well, and and you know, obviously, the one reason you're able to do that is because you guys make some some pretty good beer, and and folks have have enjoyed that. And I feel like y'all have a, a an interesting like 
selection because you've got a wide range of beers you've you've got like the milkshake ipas and in ipas and then you go into that the world of sours and and, and things like that all the way down to the the belgian style like the traditional style and it's kind of like how why go with that wide of of range and have that many options oh that's a great question i I think that's the answer to this is really i think the driving force for uh everything that we make um we realize i guess kind of like my original experience with beer um i realized there's beer is not one thing i mean beer is such a multifaceted there's so, so many directions i mean it's 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 kind of like cooking you know it's you you can make a, a sandwich a million different ways you know um and that's the fun part we realized that we wanted to change people's if we could we wanted to give people a reason to like beer um and we know that like everyone's palate there's there's certain styles i personally don't care for as much and that's how everyone is but if we could find a beer and make it the best it possibly can for that style or what we're, what direction we're going for um we're we're hopefully our goal is to bring more beer drinkers and lovers that might not realize they even like beer because they haven't had the the right one um so we're like if we just hit across the board hopefully there's a beer for for everyone so well, and I think you're you're doing that, and I and I love this conversation too because it, it leads perfectly into my my next question because I, I've thought about this before. Where if you think about how people get got into beers, like how you got into beer was a Belgian, I got into it, you know, with with just kind of traditional, faint, you know, lagers that you know local guys were, were brewing, and nowadays it could be a chocolate cheesecake, you know, strawberry, you know, sour, and to me that's kind of where maybe that. The, the series that I love that you guys do is, is uh, the boy series where you have something. How did that come up? And was it a fun name, simple name? Uh, like, how did how did you guys create that? Um, that was that was actually a fun, fun process, how that came together. Um, so we were. One of the problems we had when we first uh, when we first opened is that we were running out of beer. Um, so, good problem, but not a good, good no, not not the problem you want. Problem, but, yeah. <laughs> so it takes a little takes a little time for for course correction, but uh, again, we were hitting the ground running. Um, and one of the beers, one of the first beers, uh, was the Spencer, our, our head brewer. He was uh, it's like these kettle sours. He's like, I can make I can make this really good and a really good turn time. I was like. Well, that's good because that's that's what we need right now <laughs> and uh i i did i didn't really know how well um sours would would respond i i know that's it, at the time it, it was a growing market but uh i mean not just i feel like in just two years it's really exploded um but ever since that first one uh people people responded really well to sours and we're like well, let's just make this a whole uh pretty much core competency of our our production and branding and um tried to realize we were like well what what is that you know what how are we going to brand this how are we going to market this <laughs> you know so it was actually uh spencer likes to doodle he's a he's a very energetic guy um and 
he was doing some of these doodles and he drew out this, this doodle is a boy. And uh, our, our creative director was like, can you draw that again? He's like, I think that's it. <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, sure. He's like, can you just like make these, emphasize these letters? And we all looked at it like, okay, that's it. That's it. That's where our, our sour series is the boy series. And we just kind of never looked back from there. <laughs> Well, and you've had a few few variations and i'm guessing too that's fun too to just see what you know not what you're throwing at the wall to, to see but the cool flavor combinations that you can kind of make and take people back to the days of maybe a you know grandma's cherry pie or, or whatever yeah it's it's uh i i think for the brewers um the whole production staff it, it's kind of become this fun challenge like i bet you can't do this or can 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 we like oh beer we were like can we make a beer green without adding food coloring you know we're like it was a challenge and and the the big the biggest thing that i, I love about our team is that some of the stuff sounds really silly and, and and it is um but they treat it the same way that they would you know a, a fine pilsner you know like they treat it with the same care and attention um to make it the best product uh even if it's a lemon parfait <laughs> salary you know it's uh but yeah it's uh i think it's a lot of fun because i mean it, the options are limitless as long as you can create a recipe and see it through uh you can you can really do anything well, and, and so far, you guys have, have done a, a really cool, cool job on, on that series, and I, and I love it. And you know, when folks get to visit the the tap rooms, whether that's the Logan Street one or the Norton Commons one, what what can they expect when they come for a visit? Uh, yeah, we have uh, twenty taps at both locations. Um, we just added actually slushies this year to Logan Street, and coming soon to uh, to Norton Commons uh, beer slushies, which. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't want to like them, but I was like, this is this is ridiculous. Well, I'm sure it's been good handy uh with the temps that we had there for a little oh, while. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's uh definitely slush slushy weather. Um but yeah, we we offer um again it's a rotating draft board. We do have uh cores that stay on our, our Kolsch, our steep hill IPA, um berry berry boy, uh velcro sneakers, amber lager. And then um, we are about to officially launch a new core um, this this month. Uh, it's a light lager uh, called Tucky. So that's about to that's about to drop. But we have all of our cores uh, on draft at, at both tap rooms. Um, limited service bar, so we do have uh, booze and cocktails. Um, and then. Uh, Patio at Logan Street, and we have outdoor seating at Norton Commons uh, with picnic tables, dog friendly. Um, we have food at both locations at Logan Street. Um, we have a permanent food truck on our patio with our for our food partner uh, Derek's, <laughs> um, which is uh, it's been a lot of fun working with him. And at uh, Norton Commons, we've partnered with Watch Hill um, for a, a small bite menu. Uh, called Hoppin' Hill. 
Nice, nice. I I, I like that. That's a, a clever, clever combo there at, at Norton. And and you know, you know, clearly you guys have, have been able to expand and do stuff and and make things happen in kind of a short short time. And you're coming up on on three years uh, this this fall. And or is it three or four? Three About three years. Three, three years. years. Yeah. September twenty fifth. So you know what what's next for y'all, and what's kind of the hope as you guys move into to to, to the future. Um. Great question. Um, but nothing uh, like putting you on the spot, right? <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, you know, it's a we we never really know. Kind of like our beers, we don't know where the market's going to go. Uh, we don't know what style is going to go. So it's it's kind of evolving. Um, our our goals ultimately would be to expand in the future uh, to a a newer production facility and uh, really have the capabilities to get our, our beer out and package out into the world and and uh, have a little bit more of a presence there because we are currently on a 10 barrel system um, with, with uh, quite a few 20 barrel fermenters, but for the variety of beer that we do, we're, uh, and changing it out, uh, that only goes so far because they're, they're constantly being, uh, swapped out for a new brand so um but ultimately i'd say that that's for for us that's really our our end goal um is to just get as much beer and not change and not innovate pretty much always always i want people to always look forward to a new beer that we're that we're putting out and also enjoy you know our, our cores as well because we're um we're really really proud about those uh especially our Kolsch, that was the first beer that we made. Um, we actually entered entered that first year we entered uh, beers into a GABF competition. So fingers crossed, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it sounds like you guys ha have a bright future ahead. And, and like I said, never hurts when you're making some some good good beer as well. And and Princeton, I, I appreciate you taking some time, working through some technical difficulties and, and, and sharing uh, y'all's story with me. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks again for having me. Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.